Welcome to We're Live, pal. I am Mike Graham, and as always, I'm joined by my podcast partner, Josh Smith. Now, Josh, you're a little hot under the collar about something that happened tonight, so I'll just throw it to you and let you say what you have to say. Well, hot under the collar might be a little bit of an understatement, but I'll try to be as diplomatic with my thoughts as I can. But I'm going to say that tonight's it's the best way to put this. The, the game wasn't streamed on the preseason live plus whatever the hell that thing's called. And all it was, it was on RDS. So I get it. RDS has the rights to show the TSN, CFL stuff. On t- I get your English language fans were shut out tonight unless you either ordered RDS on your television like you did, um, have a VPN so that you could say that you're in Kuala Lumpur instead of mm-hmm. in Canada. Yep. To me, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. They came up with this thing. They said all preseason games are going to be available. And that simply turned out not to be true. And I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, get a VPN, get a VPN. One of my colleagues at Three Down Nation, JC Abbott, great guy, said – made a joke about like, I guess Ticat fans don't know how to get a VPN. I'm sorry, but if I'm sitting in Hamilton or in Winnipeg or in the middle of bum F nowhere, Saskatchewan, and I want to watch a Canadian football league game, I shouldn't need to get some other piece of technology to be able to do that. And I know it's only the preseason and I, and I get that. No one really cares all that much. But how is it that, in this day and age, like you can geo lock it out, and I understand that, but why not do that for everyone in Quebec, but allow the people who don't have, like, yes, I had access to RDS, mm-hmm. but I'm not signing for RDS for even a mm-hmm. day just to watch a preseason football game that I should have had access to to begin with. And I just don't like this idea that there were other ways for 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 us to watch it, but it added another like why am i going to pay for a vpn i don't have one because i don't need one so why am i going to buy one or pay for one to be able to watch a football game when i should have just been able to watch it on the web it it was it's just to me it's a miss it's um it's a glaring sort of hole and i don't think i i personally and i won't speak for other ticat fans but i'll speak for myself i don't think i'd be this upset about it if the team had been promoting that this game was going to be on the cfl streaming platform like, if you go back, like, I'm going to pull up their tweets here. Today was the first day where I noticed where they plugged the game, and it was like only the radio broadcast was there. But if you go back to – let me see if I can find something here. I guess it's going it to might, – it might take me a second. Bear with me just because uh, there's a lot of stuff from today, obviously. Uh, so that's today's. Listen on the listen on the thing. And then where was – no, I wouldn't be surprised if they deleted the uh, – that could be a possibility. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through to find something because there definitely was ones where it was a link to that preseason live CFL plus jibber so jabber to get you who, in there. Who, who did the Alouettes play in their first game? Like, they must have been on RDS too, right? They played... Or was that on TSN Toronto. as well? That's Right. So was that game streamed? Oh, no. That they, no, no, they didn't, no, I'm sorry. They didn't play Toronto. They played Ottawa. Game was on TSN. Okay, there you go. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah, here we go. So May 28th, Ticats tweet, looking to finish off the preseason with another W. And they had the TV thing, it's a little TV logo, and right next to it, cfl.ca slash preseason live. So uh, yep. they were promoting it. And it, it wasn't as if, because then, it, the, you know, the CFL came out with their tweet today and they put like an American flag next to it. So, and it wasn't, and I noticed when I, when they first set the schedule, it said RDS for Canada. And I was like, okay, but that's just going to be for like Quebec, Canada, like French language. Mm-hmm. That's not going to mm-hmm. be for, for Canadian viewers because A, it's in French. And I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people in Hamilton are going to want to listen. I, I know I have friends that speak French, but not a lot of people in not, Hamilton. Not that fluent. Are yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Most, most Hamiltonians are not fluent in, in French. So I figured it would be okay. So maybe they get the RDS feed, throw it on there, but then it's Tasker and RJ doing the call. You know what I mean? Something like that. But instead we, we get nothing. And, uh, I think it's a damn shame. I, I'm hoping that it's just like a a kink this year because like this came up pretty pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, 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 I believe they announced this like, in, like I think training camp had just started, so we're talking like less than two weeks, maybe a little more than two weeks. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't know. It just would have been it would have been nice if this if this would have been able for everyone. Considering we're Canadians, we're Canadian football fans. The whole point of the streaming service was that everyone in Canada could watch. I just wish that that would have been the case, and I don't know. I guess I guess that's my piece on it. I mean, I, I could have, I could have, you know, paid some money to to see it, but the fact that it was out there, we were supposed to be able to get it, and there was this, you know, kind of run around the last couple of days. We weren't really sure. Put me the wrong way, is all I guess. All righty. Well, let's get into the game itself. I know that you weren't able to see it. But uh, I, I watched. I listened on to it. You listened to it, so you, you you know you know basically what happened. Um, so let's get into the quarterback play. Um, Schultz, I thought, had a bit of a slow start to the game, but as it went along, he got more comfortable and started to look really good. I think he got the first the first half of the game, and uh, you know into the second quarter, pretty much the whole second quarter, he looked pretty solid. So I got the. Uh... I know most fans have been like, why can't we get stats for these games? I, because of my job and my connections with three down, I actually have the live stats here. The numbers are really impressive, dude. Um, 12 of 16, 162, two tugs, and that 51-yard gallop that he had that set up, I think it was what, the opening field goal? I think it was the first drive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you. I thought he when, missed when a pass in the end zone there. Sorry, I thought he missed a pass on first drive in the end zone. I thought he could have had a touchdown pass, and he threw a little bit short. But, yeah, you're right. He had that long run. I think it was close to 50 yards on that first drive. Yeah, so the way it sounded on the broadcast was that he he did kind of struggle in the first series, maybe first two series, but then kind of came on. Obviously, he throws the two touchdown passes, uh, one to Richie Sandani, and then I'm sure we'll get into the receivers and and Terry Godwin and what he did because – I'll have to take your word for it with what you saw with your eyes, but it sure sounded like Godwin made one hell of a catch now and the very next play scored a, scored a touchdown. But, uh, I mean, look, Matthew Schultz is, is from what I heard tonight, and maybe it seems like from what you saw, he's the quarterback that he kind of was last year. Like, he, he has flashes of brilliance. He can use his feet to make plays, whether it's to escape the pocket and, and make throws or whether it's to just run the ball himself. It doesn't seem like that's uh, – that's any different this year. And I, I was on with Bill Kelly today and we were talking about the quarterback situation. Mainly could 
example, uh, unseat Matthew Schultz. And I, I was doubtful about that. I think it would take would have taken a bit of a minor miracle for Schultz to lose the the back the primary backup role. And then what we saw tonight, I don't think I think I just solidified it. I think I think Schultz proved that he's still the number two guy and Powell, I think, was looking good at the end there. Um, he, was, he was driving him until some some gaff with the snap or something happened. Um, but I, I don't I don't yeah. think that Powell was was all that impressive tonight. Definitely took a step back from what we saw, which, which I think is to be expected with a young quarterback, right? Like he is in his second game. He was in there with a lot less. Um, I mean, maybe it wasn't less talent because he was in there with most of the backups last week. But I don't know. Just it, it seemed like maybe he. With how good he looked a week ago, he he kind of took a step back this week. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Powell did not impress me that much, especially in the third quarter and early on in the fourth quarter. But yeah, you're right. He had that last drive, which was looking pretty good until the center snapped the ball when he wasn't he wasn't ready for it. No one was there. The ball went back about 20, 30 yards, and then the Alouettes recovered. So that ended the hopes of the Tiger Cats coming back and winning this one. But, you know, it's the preseason so so that's all right Schultz pretty darn good Powell not so great but showed uh, some flashes um the offensive line I thought looked spectacular especially early on uh when they had not the starters but um you know the the higher ranking guys in there yeah honestly with that I'm gonna just have to take your word for it they don't ever talk about offensive line play unless they're buggering something up yeah like with like with the snap that i had at the end of the game uh would you remember who the start i didn't write it down do you remember who the starting five were today were there any real starters that were in the game or was it mostly second and third team guys that started the game for the cats today i think there was a couple of guys that were starters um but uh there was also guys that were so let me just take a quick look here. I, I had the depth chart. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to the depth chart to see what we got here. Uh, Revenberg and Wood Manzi look like the only ones that started. Did Revenberg actually play today? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, I think he was in there for a bit. Um, yeah, so the, they started the left tackle was Kemp, left guard Revenberg, Fontana, Wood Manzi, and Sartor, if that's how you pronounce his name correctly. But yeah, then the Fontana went down the game and uh they had sacks lit at center at one point and they were switching a lot of things around um black got a lot a lot of time the first round pick this year um i, I you know i thought that throughout the game the o-line whoever was in there i thought looked pretty good there was a maybe one or two plays where black kind of looked out of place but that's to be expected he's he's a rookie coming into into the cfl and uh but overall i would say that the offensive line looked really good especially early on i thought that schultz had a ton of time in the pocket well that's good to hear because we know how guys on the offensive line can go down it's nice to hear that some of these backup guys maybe uh maybe made some i guess not made some plays would be the right way to do it but but let our skill position players make some plays that's actually really nice to hear speaking of we want to talk about the receivers because some of those guys yeah today absolutely you got uh I mean, who do you want to start with? You want to start with San Danny? I mean, the guy is has shown out this preseason. Am I right? Well, he's as the game was going on after he scored. I guess it was the second touchdown of the game. Maybe it was no. But did he score the first one again? I think he scored the first one again. Yeah. I, he, yeah. But anyway, whenever he whenever he scored, I was like, I gotta look up his his numbers. You know, he has as many touchdowns in the preseason as he's ever had 
in a regular season. He has three total touchdowns in his career, and he's never had the two in one season. His career high for yards in a season is just over – it's like 362 or 363 or something like that. And it looks like he's – I mean, maybe it's the performance-enhancing drugs that got him suspended, but he's looked pretty <laughs> darn good running out yeah. there with, with, with the with, – I know he wasn't with the number ones today, but with the number ones last week. Look, this team's going to go with two Canadian receivers. I think that that's well-established. DeAndre Smith is absolutely 100% going to be one of them. And I think after those two games are up with Sindani out for for, the, for for that drug suspension, I think he's going to – unless, you know, O.C. Kusi or, or Ternowski, who's hurt, come in and, and really make plays, I think Sindani's going to slot right in there as, as this team's number two Canadian receiver in – I look, I'm not going to say he's going to go for a thousand yards or ten, or anything ridiculous like that. But if he can set career highs and catches and yards and, and even touchdowns, what a shrewd pickup by the Cats to get this guy back after he uh, kind of flailed out. And he, what was he in the USFL or the XFL? One of the two. I don't really remember where he yeah, went. I think it was I, the USFL, yeah, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I think it was the USFL. I think he got cut out of the USFL, which is weird but uh yeah he's been playing great uh he has that connection with Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell from uh the Stampeders days but you mentioned OC Kusi he had a pretty decent game as well you know he had that one drive where he had a couple catches um he's he's been showing up pretty good too as well he's also looked really good in camp surprisingly uh because I don't think a lot of his career has been spent as a receiver I think he's been more known as like a, what do you call it? Like a special teams guy. Like he's more of mm-hmm. um, like a gunner on special teams. That, that's where he, where he makes his, sort of makes his money. Like he's played 22 games in his career, six catches, 79 yards. And, and that's like, he's not a guy that's put up. Now he's only been in the league two years, so he's not really had a, a huge chance to be sort of a, 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 a guy. But again, as, as a depth Canadian, as someone who, Likely, if he ever saw time with the starting offense, would be that wide side receiver that wouldn't be asked to do too much. Not a bad pickup, and and like you said, he, he's looked good in the preseason. I've seen him in camp looking pretty good. So maybe he's one of those guys that it took a couple of years for him to develop, and now he's maybe I won't say breakout and have like a a massive season, but breakout in in, in some way. And and if he gets a chance on offense, he he has shown that he can make some plays, which is a really nice addition to have for a guy that's essentially your third or fourth Canadian receiver. Usually those guys are not even worth rostering except for the fact that they have a passport, but he's shown up pretty good. So it's good to see. Now Godwin, he, you know, was kind of, you didn't see much from him early on in the game, but then he had, they came down to this one drive, had that great one handed grab, reached over his head, grabbed it, put it into his, uh, his pouch there and, and took off for another 10 or 15 yards. And then I think it might've been the next player or a couple plays after that, he, he catches a touchdown pass. So, you know, we were talking during the game and, you know, I, I just think that this guy's gonna, you know, make his way onto this team. And, and I like him as a player. Yeah. I'm just, look, there's an opening at American receiver for the cats now with Justin McGriff's injury. And as big of a bummer as it is that he's gone down and is likely done for the year, that does open up a spot for someone else, you know, tragedy is someone else's opportunity. And I don't know if Godwin's a one for one replacement. Like, I don't think Godwin would be a guy that would play 
that boundary receiver position just because of his size and his skill set seems more suited out of the slot. But I mean, look, the one handed catch sure sounded impressive. And you told me that it was impressive. And then he hauls in the next one for a touch. And he led the team in receiving yards today with 77. So there's got to be a spot for him somewhere. I just don't know. Like, do you, do you slide Duke over to, you know what I mean? Like, is he, mm-hmm. is he the guy that, that takes McGriff's spot? Then you go with um, Tim White and uh, Terry Godwin in, in, in the slot. I, I, I just don't know how you would make the math work offensively with having a guy like Godwin out there. I, I think he – I know he can play. We saw him a little bit last year, and he looked pretty good. That's one of the reasons I was glad the team brought him back this year. I think that's the only way you can kind of make it work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you want a guy mm-hmm. who's 5'10", 5'11", probably not even 200 pounds on the, on the fields or the boundary side there. So he's definitely made a, a case for himself, and I, it would just be a case of the Ticats deciding where they're going to line up their receivers that will decide probably whether he's on the roster next week or on the practice roster or a backup. Now Gallimore, you know, he's probably going to be the return guy for the Ticats this season. Is there any chance he gets into a starting rotation with the receivers or maybe not even a starter guy, but like as a, as a backup receiver, because he did catch a couple tonight and uh, you know, he has that speed, right? And he did catch some against against the Argos as well. Like I think it's because the McGriff injury and Anthony Johnson still hurt. It kind of bumps everybody else up one. Like so, if Godwin Godwin to me would have been the first guy off the bench. Well, now if Godwin's in the starting lineup, then you go with Gallimore. I think he's locked down the uh, the return position because I don't think they're gonna they're gonna use Lawrence Woods in that capacity this year. Um, unless it's like, I think we talked about it on the show this week, unless it's sort of one of those um, like speedy B situations where, oh, we need, we need a big return here or we need or whatever. And they throw woods back there. Then I could see him a couple of times a year, maybe doing that. But I think overall I, I would expect, I would expect woods to strictly play defense. So you, you have Gallimore out there and then in a pinch, if someone gets hurt, he's, then you could see him in the offense. I don't think he'll be a starter, but I think that there is a chance because guys are going to get hurt this year. It's just, the nature of an 18 game schedule in this league, he might get a chance to, to show out. And if he does, I, I mean, he's made the most of his opportunities in the preseason. I don't see why he would do the same in the regular season. Now the running backs, um, you know, I, I didn't see much from them. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't, I, I have the feeling that they didn't get much, you know, chance to run the ball, any of them. Um, so there's not really anyone that stands out. Do you have the stats in front of you? Is there anyone that had decent numbers? No, not really. Uh, Trey Ragus had four carries for six yards. Tam Fleet Davis had seven for 25. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Those are the only two backs they used. I guess I guess seven for 25 is better than four for six. But, I mean, I didn't hear much out of the run game today. It didn't no. seem like – I think I, think I uh, either read on Twitter or maybe I was looking at the stats – I think they ran the ball one time in the first quarter and it was Matthew Schultz's 50 run. So it wasn't even a designed run. So I don't think the run game was something that they were necessarily looking at today, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a shame because I think these two guys are battling for a spot. I think it's going to go to fleet Davis. I think he's, he's shown just a little bit more over these two preseason games. And I think he's, he's been a little bit better in camp as well. So that's where I would lean, but even then it's, 
look, the run game is James Butler's, and the run game is yeah. going to go as James Butler goes. So I'll I'll refrain from being too negative on on the run game until we see what James Butler does the first few weeks of the season. Now the defense, um, you know, not, not a lot of the starters were playing tonight. It was kind of, you know, backup's time to shine. Um, the defensive line, for instance, was Crawford, Diallo, Pickney, Johnson. Um, linebackers, no starters except for Edwards. Uh, you know, in, in the secondary, they started out with pretty much their, their starting unit. Uh, George at the boundary cornerback, Elliott at the halfback, free safety Delicay, Leonard at the uh, the fi- field side halfback, and Woods at the field side corner. Um, but, you know, nothing, nothing really stood out to me. There was no guy that really leaped off the page and grabbed my attention. No newcomer on defense that really did a great job. It was kind of not a great performance on defense. The Alouettes kind of ran up and down the field. Um, so, yeah, there's not much to talk about on defense unless you have something to talk about. No, I mean, the only thing I'd say is it, it sure sounded like Kenneth George is, has won the boundary corner position. But mm-hmm. like you said, it was, a, it was a bunch of backups in there today. And I guess today kind of illuminated something that we had talked about before where last year the team loaded up on DBs, but the pass rush wasn't all that great. So it hurt the DBs kind of the same thing tonight. Like honestly, looking at, looking at the quarterback numbers for the Alouettes, it's not like any of them popped off the page. Cody Fajardo threw 14 passes, completed half of them for 77 yards and a touchdown. But I didn't recall hearing much of. I don't think they. Got, I don't think the Ticats team got sacked tonight, so I don't think there was much in the way of any sort of sustained. They might have got one, pressure. maybe one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but there wasn't really any sustained maybe pressure. One. And again, it was it was guys no. that it was guy it was guys that won't be on this team after tomorrow when they make their final cuts in, in some of these instances. But I think it was kind of it highlighted something we, we had talked about previously, which like. Going going into last year, you had the best secondary in the world. If your if your pass rush and your linebackers aren't making plays on those underneath stuff, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference. And I think we saw that tonight, where some of these backup guys that won't be with this team in a, in a day harmed how because we did start our, our starting secondary, but they didn't look that effective because the other parts of the defense weren't really doing their job. So kind of just interesting little nugget to bring out there that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I mean they played mostly backups and third string guys and they only allowed 25 points. So I mean, you can't be too upset about that, but at the end of the day, it's just, yeah, no. there's not much to talk about here. Special teams. Uh, they, they started the, the field goal kicker was Garaby to start. He missed a short field goal. Not impressed with him. Uh, Racky came in and made a short field goal. So I guess that's better than, than Garaby, but Man, I, I just hope they, they figure out this stuff with Seth Small and he can get back into the lineup because he's, he's a guy that you can count on. Yeah, it's funny because the opposite's been true in camp. Garibay's been more impressive. Neither guy has really, like, shown a ton. Garibay's range is longer, uh, and he's been a little bit more accurate. Uh, Racky, though, I think they said on the broadcast tonight, he's the all-time leading scorer in NCAA football history. So there's some pedigree there for, for a a newcomer like that, but no, there's, there's rumors that Seth small will be with the team next week. Uh, I know Orlando Steinhauer was kind of, you know, mum about 
what the situation is, but there is some talk that he will he'll return to the team prior to the week in Winnipeg. But we'll know. I believe the Ticats, if, if my timeline's right on how these practices go this week, if Seth Small's not in Hamilton on Monday, he's not playing on Friday. So we'll know if if I mean if, if they practice open on Monday, I'll be there. And I'll be able to tell you if Seth Small's there. And if he's not, I, I think we can kind of put to bed that he's going to be here anytime soon and that this is this is something more than, than what has been reported or, or rumored to, to be going on right now. But if he's there on Monday, then I think this is all kind of moot. And he's, unfortunately, these guys uh, – I mean, well, you know what? They're going to cut – they cut the roster down tomorrow. Probably won't announce it until Sunday because that's the Ticats way apparently. They got to get them in, but they don't actually tell anybody other than the league. Uh, we'll know. We'll know then if if they cut both kickers. Well, then I guess that small's coming back. If they keep one active roster, it's maybe he's not. But I think we won't know for sure until uh, until uh, Monday rolls around and practice kicks off for the first game of the regular season. Now the punting tonight, uh, Hayes and Flint both had chances to show what they had. Uh, I thought Hayes was was much better than Flint. Flint, uh, you know, he kind of had one off the side of his foot, didn't go very far. Uh, I think that Hayes is is the guy to be punting. Am I wrong on that one, or is it Flint? I see. I've got I've gone the other way most of the most of camp. Now, the I did hear that there was a, a shanked punt, but the way that the broadcast made it sound was that there were some heavy winds in Montreal today. So I don't know how much you can really blame mm-hmm. on the punter there. But uh, you still here's the thing, though: you, you punt, you got to make your punts. I, I believe that the, the shank punt like led to a, a no yards flag or something, but you still got to make wind yep. or not. You got to do your best. I haven't been, I mean, Flint has been more impressive in camp, but I either, I could go either way with this. I mean, I don't want to see much of the punter this year anyway. So quite frankly, I don't, I don't give a tinker's damn who the punter is. If I'm being quite honest, mm-hmm. I don't really want to see the punter out there. I know it's, in, you know, you're going to see him eventually, but I don't want to see a bunch of them. That's all. That's all I know. No. Now the return game, uh, Johnson had a, at least one really nice return early on in the game. And then Gallimore came in in the second half, I believe, and, and showed flashes again of what he can do in the return game. Uh, Gallimore is the guy though, right? I mean, I mean, we talked yeah. about it earlier with Woods. Uh, Woods is probably just going to be in the secondary this year and then Gallimore handling the returns. Yeah, I think that that's almost – they accomplish. Like, I think I would be surprised. Nothing surprises, like shocks me when it comes to this league, but I would be very surprised with what we've seen two preseason games that it's not Leandre Gallimore who is returning kickoffs and punts for this team when they kick off the regular season in Winnipeg next Friday. So Josh, I think that's all we have for for this game, unless there's anything you want to add about it. No, there's not anything I want to add, but there, I did see. I guess we should we should have put out the call for questions in the live chat here. I mean, I'm going to talk for a little second here. So if you, if anyone's out there listening, and they want to throw us a question, put it in the live chat, and we'll we'll uh, we'll answer it. But I we did get a tweet sent to us asking. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, just because there was where is it here? It was about receivers, and it was about here we go. Um, so Dan asked us with McGriffin Johnson down, you think the cats make a call to speedy inquiring minds would like to know nothing shocks me in the CFL. 
So I won't say that it would shock me. I would be very surprised if, first off, six foot six to five foot six or five foot seven, five foot eight, whatever speed he is, that's not, he, that's not the, the, the move to make, right? Like you don't go and, and replace a giant with a cruiserweight. Like that's just, that's just the way, the way this league should and shouldn't work. So I don't see that happening. I would be very surprised. I would be very surprised Brandon Banks plays professional football again for any team, let alone playing for the mm. Hamilton Tiger Cats. But uh, yeah, I just, I saw that and I figured now would be a good time to bring it up just as a, as an end here and give our, give our listeners if they wanted to throw us a, a question, which doesn't look like they do. So I guess we've covered mostly everything that everyone's wanted covered tonight. Um, so I'll throw it to you. What do you make of that? Do you think it's a ridiculous idea that, that, Speedy B could be the replacement and bringing him back in. And other people, and someone else sent us like Kamar Jordan and Darvin Adams. I just, we don't need mm. to be recycling 30, 35 year old receivers. Let these yeah. young guys play. At some, at one time, we didn't know who Tim White was. Years ago, when he was in Edmonton, no one knew who Duke Williams were, was. You got to let the young guys play, give them a chance to, to make this team and maybe make some plays. I don't think you need to be going out and adding adding older receivers that the last time we saw any of them on the field looked pretty cooked. Yeah, all three of those guys look pretty cooked. You know, Brandon Banks had his glimpses uh, of his older self uh, or his younger self with the Argonauts last year, but n- but not much. Um, and you know how I feel about Brandon Banks. I, I just don't. I just don't really want to bring him onto it. Our team. Uh, I, I I don't know. I know that the fans love Speedy B. And there's a lot of memories with him on this team, but I think his time with the Tiger Cats is over. And like you said, I just don't see him playing for for any professional team. I, I think he said something about why would they even contact me? I don't know if that was about the Tiger Cats earlier on in the off season, but yeah, I just don't see them bringing him back into the fold. And as for those other guys, they were they were good in their primes, but they haven't been good for a long time. So. I just think that even with the injuries to the younger guys on this team, I still think there's guys that can fill the spots and, and be productive. So I think we should ride with them as well. I mean, look, Darwin, as someone was like, oh, Darwin Adams put up nearly a thousand yards last year in Ottawa with garbage quarterbacking. And that's true, but no one else wanted Darwin Adams and no one else has wanted Darwin Adams since he's been a free agent since February. And it's, I just don't think that that's, Necess- a necessary signing to make. I think you roll with these. This is a very veteran-heavy team already, and this team has their stud receivers. They have Duke. They have Tim White. Those are the guys. Those are your playmakers. Those are your thousand-yard receivers. Your you know eight to twelve touchdown guys. Those are the ones you are relying on. These other guys, even McGriff, if 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 he would have had a breakout season, he could he could have had eight hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns, and we would have been like, man, that could be rookie of the year. Like it's not like we're relying on these other guys, even the Canadian players that are going to play to be mm-hmm. thousand yard go-to guys, Tim White's your go-to guy. Duke Williams is your go-to guy. Your guys just have to play a role. They have to catch the ball when it comes to them. They have to make the most of the opportunities they get. Adding someone like Darvin Adams, adding someone like Kamar Jordan, adding someone like Brandon Banks or insert veteran 33, 34, 35 year old receiver here. I just don't think that that would make this team significantly better. Plus the, 
associated costs that comes with bringing in a guy like that. If this team is going to go out and sign a veteran, I'd rather have them do it in the secondary than the receiving core because I think that you can mask more things there. And I don't think they should do it in the secondary either. I think this team, yeah. as constituted right now, is pretty darn talented, is I think good enough to win the East Division and compete for a championship. I don't think that they need to be making any sort of massive moves. Now, if if cuts happen this weekend and someone, you know, again, hot, Gino Lewis gets released by the Edmonton Elks. Okay, mm-hmm. sure, you make a run at a guy like that. But these guys who are clearly on the back nine of their careers, I just don't see that as being something that this team t- should pursue. Now, I say that, and then we're going to find out that that's exactly what they're going to do, and they're going to bring in Kamara Jordan on Monday. But to me, that that's not the route that I would go with this. Yeah, and you, you, know, you mentioned Tim White and Duke Williams as the one and two. You could slide in a third American there. You know, there's plenty of choices, but I just want like I think it's not just the token Canadians in the receiving core this year. I think, like you've talked about all training camp long, I think Smith is going to take a big step up, and then the way Sandani's been performing, albeit in the preseason, um, I just think that you're going to get a lot more production out of the Canadian receivers than you have in the last couple seasons with the Ticats. Yeah, I think we're going to see the most production we've seen out of Canadian. I mean, I guess I'll give him his flowers here. Mike Jones, the 800-yard season he had in, what was it, 2018, mm-hmm. I think. Um, that, that we're gonna, I'm not saying, you know, Keandre Smith's going to be the next Andy Fantuz or anything like that, but I think we're going to, we could see that level of production out of a guy like Smith or even Sindani if they end up being – because one of those guys is going to play in the slot. And that opens up a lot more possibilities for guys. I would, I personally would put, would put Keandre Smith there because of his speed and get him the ball and and he and, and Smith played tonight and, and made some nice catches. So I just don't think that there's a ton of room here for a lot more veteran help. And I don't think this team needs veteran help. They've loaded up on the defensive line. They've loaded up on the offensive line. They got bow protection. They got bow weapons. Like we, we talked about going into the season, the only real question – or going into the preseason, that is, the only real question we had once we saw that Lawrence Woods was the field corner with boundary corner. And that's – it's not been answered to like, a, oh, we have a future all-star in Kenneth George Jr., but that's been pretty much answered for us now. I just don't see to be going out and signing – any other veterans, unless some massive young, you know, 28 year old with massive upside becomes available due to some incompetence from another team. But I simply don't see that happening. So I think this is the team about better or worse is we're going to go into the season with. And uh, I don't know about you, but I got high hopes for this team this year. I think this, uh, if everything comes together as I think it can, and, and most of these guys stay healthy all year, I think this team can win a lot of football games. So you feel comfortable with the receivers and we talked about the cornerback positions being up for grabs, you know, a couple of weeks ago going into training camp. We, we pretty much know who's going to be in those positions now. Do you feel better about it going into the season, knowing who those guys are going to be than you did a couple of weeks ago when it was a bit of a question mark? Yeah, definitely. Because I've seen it, that this comes with, and you know, most of the people listening to this, most of the people that will listen to this when we post on the, on the podcast feed, have had the opportunity to go to, I think the Ticats had 17 training camp days. I think I made it out to 13 or 14 of them. So I didn't go to any walkthroughs, which 
are honestly a waste of time for anyone to really go to. And I think there may have been one other day that I wasn't able to make it out. But other than that, um, getting to see what these guys have done on the practice field and then seeing it put into effect on the preseason field, I'm I'm much more comfortable with, with what they're going with. And I think if someone falters, and this I think this is the most important part, someone falters, there are backups here. There is depth here at, at those spots to go with somebody else and see if they can do it. Now, it's still another young player. It's not a proven veteran. It's still another young guy. But I just think that uh, – I think this team has been built the right way this year, which is something I, I, looking back, would not say about last year's team. And given the star power, for lack of a better word, they have at most of these positions, even with some youngsters coming in here or there, I'm not too concerned with what they have out there. And like I said, there are options after the guy that might be first man up. There's second and third and fourth options there that, if given a chance, maybe they're the guy. But I think going into the season, I, I feel pretty comfortable with what this team's going to roll with. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable with uh, Woods playing the field side corner and uh, George Jr. at the boundary side. I think it's going to be, you know, they're young, younger guys, but like we've talked about times before, we loaded up on the defensive line. Our linebackers are solid, so... It, the pressure should not be on them as much as, as it would last year when we didn't have as much pressure on the quarterback and maybe the front seven wasn't quite as good. So, yeah, I feel comfortable on the defense side of the ball. I feel comfortable on the offensive side of the ball. I have high hopes for this season, maybe a solid 9-8-1. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. But uh, we have a big week coming up, Josh. Yeah, We have our season preview show, which we always enjoy. Uh, we'll have a live post-game episode of uh, We're Live, pal, after the season opener against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on June 9th. Man, I'm getting excited. Yeah, the season's here, man. No more preseason, no more training camp talk. We got roster cuts coming this weekend. We'll talk about that on the show this week. Like I said, season preview, Ticats preview. We'll get to talk some LL Cool J, I would imagine. Uh, after that announcement, we'll just kind of teasing what we got coming up this week. And we got some fun things in the hopper that we hope you guys will, mm -hmm. guys and gals, I should say, will enjoy. So uh, exciting times around here in the CFL. We've waited since November to watch some real live in professional football. And we're a week away now from the Tiger Cats kicking off their season, six days away from the season itself starting. And before we go though, Mike, did you see, I mean, I sent you the picture. Timeouts. On the screen on I'm TSN today for the Riders and, the and, and the, you're you got to be a happy man. Uh, I did, I did it. It was all me. I complained enough to I TSN, agree. and they they finally made it happen. We have timeouts on the on the score bug, and uh, yeah, it, it feels good. It it just it's just it's such a simple thing they could have added, and they finally they finally did it. So now we know how many timeouts our team has left. It's a, it's a great it's a great day. It's a small thing, but it's an important thing. I mean, they didn't uh, they didn't change anything else about the scorebook, but they added those timeouts, so no. it's a step in the right direction. And we'll end it on that positive note. I am Mike Graham. Eat them raw. I'm Josh Smith. Eat them raw. <laughs>